Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. go ahead and pray for him um, before we get started because um, praying is always good. Pray without ceasing, right? That's what we're supposed to do. So anyway, so Lord God, I just thank you so much for Adam, God. I just thank you so much for him. Just thank you for the revelation. Just thank you for the revelation that's going to be revealed. Actually, I just feel like the Lord said he's, that, that we're going to receive a new side of God's heart through what you share today. And so, Lord God, we're just open to that. Our hearts are open, and we're ready to receive seed from Adam. And, Lord, I just thank you so much that he's a man who walks in humility and honor and love and just a desire to see the Spirit move. And I thank you for what you've cultivated in his life personally, um, in his marriage and his children. And, um, Lord, I just thank you so much for the man that he is and all that you're going to share through him. And, um, Spirit, we just invite you to come and just, um, just hang on every single word that he says. Amen. Wow, thanks. I think Angie just preached. That was really good. Okay, well, I'll see you guys next week. No, just kidding. Wow, um, what an honor to be here. First, I'm going to start a timer on my phone because if not, we'll be eating dinner together. So let me, my wife can attest to the fact that I like to talk and blather and those kind of things, you know, fun stuff. So I'm going to set a timer so that I don't forget that you're probably going to get hungry in the next hour or two, right? We got a couple hours. Does that sound good? Okay. Awesome. God is good. Um, wow. It's just an honor to be up here, to be able to speak. Um, it's a very frightening honor, but it's an honor. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, no, I just, I don't get to do this a whole lot. Um, when I'm doing it, I enjoy it. When I'm prepping, I don't enjoy it. So I did this because the Lord is amazing, and he asked me to, and Pastor Aaron asked me to. So I did it for Pastor Aaron. You know I love you, so you know I love you. Speaking of Pastor Aaron, how many of you are really, really thankful for our pastoral staff here? Yeah? Can we just, can we just honor him, them both a little bit more to stand up and say thanks? I mean, come on. Yeah. Woo-hoo! We love you. Thank you. You can never honor the legacy too much. Thank you, Greg, too, for you, too, and the legacy. And then now we have Josh and Angie. Woo-woo, come on. And we have Steve. Nice. And we have Steve and Patty. Steve and Patty, come on. We are, we are what I like to call extremely blessed here. I don't know about you, but that's how I feel about it. So, well... I think I want to open up with telling you a little bit about me. I have a little more time um, this service. I'll try not to spend too much time speaking, but um, just wanted to um, kind of tell you a little bit about me and my family. Uh, how many of you have actually met me? Shook my hand. Hello. How many of you have not? Raise your hand. Andrew, stop raising your hand. He raised it this morning, too. Uh, if you haven't met me, come meet me. I would love to, I would love to say hi and get to know you. Um, I'm real big, and I had a big beard, but I'm not scary. I'm like a big teddy bear, so... Come talk to me. I would love to get to meet you. Um, we're excited to be here. We're super excited to be at Upper Room. It feels like family um, from the second you walk in. I met Pastor Aaron five years ago over coffee. I tell people that um, 
it's like a comfy couch, our relationship, when we first met. Do you ever go, like, couch shopping, and you just plop down on one, and you're like, oh, yeah, I could sit here forever. That's kind of how it felt with our relationship. We just started talking, and I'm like, kind of like this guy. He's like, could be my brother, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, do I need to talk to my mom? Does she have another? No, anyway, so... Uh, it's really good. We're really excited. Um, our relationship with Pastor Aaron and Nicole just gr- um, grew over the last five years. It's been really good. We came from Riversong Church. Uh, love Riversong Church. Pastor Jim there. Anybody know Riversong in Springfield? Yes. Woo! Love those guys. Our path led us from there to here, and now we're here, and we're pumped to be here, and we hope that you're pumped that we're here. So it's, it's good. It's good. So um, a little bit about Jenny and I. We met when we were nine, and she was a brat. You were eight. You were eight. She was, she was not nice to me. I, it wasn't a love-hate relationship. It was a full-on hate-hate relationship. So we didn't get along in church, but uh, uh, all of a sudden, I don't know, she was like 16, 17 years old. She got extremely pretty all of a sudden. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. It was just like, bam! And then I was like, yeah, I like her. So, um, so then we got married at the ripe old age of 18. Yeah, so super young. I know people are like, oh. Oh, 18. I know. I'm only 26. Just kidding. I'm not. I'm 38 now. We've been married almost 20 years. So, yes, it's been amazing. We have three kids. We have three kids. Kaylee um, is 18. She's just finishing up her freshman year at Ohio State. Go Bucks. And um, Landon is 15. He's a freshman in high school and he plays tennis, which is great, but for him, but for me, it's like anybody ever do tennis schedule with your kid? Because it's, he had 22 matches in 28 days. I was like, Jesus, help me. So, But I love you, son. I'll do it for you next year, too. And then Jocelyn's our youngest. She's just turned nine. She's not feeling well this morning, so she's laying down on Mommy's lap. So healing in Jesus' name. Come on. So uh, that's our family. And if you, uh, we would love to meet you. We'd love to have you come and, and uh, introduce yourself. So, yeah, that's just a little bit about us. Um, I want to pray, and then I want to get right into um, the word. Um, and what I want to talk about today is big surprise, the worship guy is talking about worship. So we're going to talk about praise and worship this morning. Is that okay if we do that, if we just lean into that? Okay, let's, let's just pray one more time. Holy Spirit, come. We thank you so much for your, your presence that's already here. But Lord, we ask you to increase. Just bring wisdom and grace. Father, help us to have hearing ears. Father, help us to sense you, just to be sensitive to what you're doing and move with you. And so we give you praise and glory for everything that's being planted deep in our heart, Lord. And we thank you in advance for the fruit of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if I had to title this message, first of all, let me give you a disclaimer. I learned all of these things from amazing people in my life. This is not just some amazing thing that Adam came up with, like, oh, yeah, Adam's awesome, even though I'm pretty awesome. No, um, I'm just teasing. I joke a lot, guys. Okay, I joke a lot. You can laugh. I'm an interactive speaker. You can laugh at me. Yeah, with me and at me. You can do both. So, um, But uh, heroes in my life, Bill Johnson being one of them, my, my grandparents. I'll talk about my grandparents a lot if, when I'm speaking because they're a huge influence in my life taught me a lot of this stuff, and I just put it together and leaned into it this week with the Lord, and uh, and you're going to get what I got, so so here we go. So I was was thinking about the title of it, and I would call it Sing the New Song, Sing a New Song, okay? And I wanted to start originally in Isaiah, but um, the Lord kind of brought me to Psalms. So let's go to Psalm 24, verse 9, if you have a Bible or an electronic device, if you have an electronic device, you have no excuse to not have a Bible because we have free Wi-Fi here and you can download that baby. So go for it. 
And it's a free app. So Psalm 24, 9 says, Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Cool, right? We've heard, how many have heard that scripture before? Yeah? Really cool. Super confusing for me. Just super confusing. Lift up your heads, O you gates. I've never seen gates with heads. Anybody? Anybody seen a gate with a head? I've never seen that. So um, I was just kind of leaning into that a little bit and realizing it's a strange metaphor. We don't usually have that. If you look at Isaiah 60, gates were described as praise, right, in Isaiah 60. In Revelation, gates are made out of pearls. Okay, so now I know that you can't take, like, one word out of the Scripture, and everywhere else that it's mentioned mean the same thing. You know, it's the, the Scripture's fluid. It, you kind of get off doing that. But when you're talking about gates, I think that it's pretty consistent through Scripture that you can, like, kind of compare some things and use it together. So that's what I'm going to do with this, okay? So, in Isaiah 60, gates were praised. Revelation, gates were made out of pearls. Pearls, that stuck out to me. How are pearls formed? Does anybody know how pearls are formed? Through irritation, right? Through irritation. So I was looking at this and just kind of like, okay, God, let's put this together. So this is what I came up with. The gates of praise are formed in our life. When we go against circumstances and we glorify Jesus anyway, something is shaped in us. Does that make sense? So we have this unusual picture of lift up your heads, right? The lifting of our head has everything in the world to do with our countenance, okay? The Bible says he's the glory and the lifter of our head. Lifter of our head is not, um, it's not, I don't mean lift our head like psychological edge. When my son's playing tennis, I'm like, get your head up, get your head up. I mean like, you know, get yourself up, like work it up. I don't mean actually a psychological edge. When, when I say, and when the scripture says, lift your heads, O ye gates, I think it means what we see. When, you look, when you're looking down and you're looking up, what happens? What you see changes, right? So, um, Jesus wanted his disciples to see the harvest field, so he told them, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white with harvest. Basically, he was saying, look up before you look down and things will look different. Yeah, you'll see it differently. There's something about changing our countenance and lifting our heads. There's just something about it. It's a look of anticipation where we set our eyes on the Lord, Set our eyes on Jesus. There's something about setting our eyes, the eyes of our heart, on the heavenly things in attitude and countenance. So I challenge you in that. And when you set your eyes in countenance and in your heart on Jesus, then conduct follows, by the way. Conduct always follows. Okay, so we have this unusual passage. Lift your heads, O ye gates, and the king of glory will come in. The subject of the word gate in the Psalms, God says, the gates of Zion are his eternal Dwelling place. You guys remember that? Gates of Zion are his eternal dwelling place. He lives in a gate. Makes no sense. How can God live in a gate? Makes no sense. You read it and we're just like, oh, it's the Bible, so let's just keep reading it and not talk about it. Yeah, no, it. <laughs> hey, God lives in a gate. Wee! You know what? I mean, makes no sense unless, unless you see gate as praise and he inhabits the praises of his people. Seeing the connections? Yes. Yes. Good job, Adam. Okay, so, so the invitation looks like this. Lift up your countenance before you get the answer you need, by the way. You're not lifting your countenance because you got the breakthrough. 
You're lifting your countenance and you're giving him thanks and praise in spite of your circumstances. Oh, you're willing to let the gate be formed in you that says, I will praise him continually regardless of my circumstance. Okay? So we lift up our countenance as a lifestyle of anticipation of grace, and in that place we give him praise. What does it say? That is the gate that he comes through. It says, and then the king of glory comes. So the gate that the king of glory comes in is the gate of praise, right? That we've formed in our life. Okay. I understand God's merciful. He's a merciful God. How many of you have experienced the mercy of God? Yeah? He's amazing. I mean, when you're hurting, you're broken, you know, your heart, you need, you need Jesus to come in as the merciful God. But in this passage, he comes in as the king of glory, not the merciful one. When he shows up as the king of glory, he comes as the triumphant one. He doesn't come to fix the broken toenail, although I believe he will fix the broken toenail. He doesn't come to fix the broken toenail in this or the disappointment. He comes because victory is established and it's at hand. So when we form this gate of praise in our life, Jesus just doesn't come in and fix one problem. He comes in with victory for your life. Yeah? Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. So we see this lift up your heads. He's the glory and lifter of my heads. In that context, and regardless of circumstances, I will give him praise. In fact, I will use my circumstances to fuel my praise. What happens? What happens when we do that? That becomes the very gate that the king of glory comes through, right? Let's go to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, verse 10. Are you guys tracking with me? Am I, is, is, are we good? Okay. I'm looking at my uh, clock here. Whoa, I wasted a lot of time. Oh, didn't waste it. That was... Investment. Yes, Jesus. Um, so, Isaiah 42, 10 through 13. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you coastlands and you inhabitants of them, let the, wild, let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voice. Let the villages that Kadar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Selah sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord. Verse 13 is God's response. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. That's good news. Because in the third line there in 13, it says, he shall cry out, yes. So his answer is, yes. How many of you are waiting for God to say yes? Come on. His answer is already yes. He shall prevail against his enemies. There's this incredible moment where the people of the Lord are exhorted to sing loudly, right? Shout to the Lord. And the result is God stirs himself up as a man of war to go forth and do exploits on their behalf. That's crazy. That's nuts. We sing these songs, you know, um, uh, raise a hallelujah, right? I'm going to raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. We're literally, this is what we're singing right here, Okay. So this, uh, here's this passage. It says, sing, the, sing a new song to the Lord, and then he responds in military fashion and brings about the victory on my behalf. Crazy. Good news. Can we say thank you, Jesus? I'm totally fascinated by this thought that I can just come into church and just lay down and get wrecked by Jesus. Just absolutely get undone. I'm not carrying any baggage anymore. Nothing, all that stuff that I've been carrying all week long doesn't matter. Or when I go into praise and at home and worship at home, 
None of that stuff that I've been worrying about matters anymore in the presence of the Lord, right? How many have been there? Nothing matters anymore. And so I'm enjoying his presence. I'm enjoying his peace. I'm just loving on him, right? Giving him praise and thanks. And all the while I'm enjoying him, he's literally kicking the crap out of the devil, which is hilarious. Can I say crap in church? I, I don't know. I'm sorry. If I, I didn't ask. I probably should have asked. Okay. So, uh, so this idea that I can just get wrecked in his goodness and him just knock the snot out of the devil while that's happening is just fascinates me. I mean, has anybody ever thought of that? It's like, I'm just enjoying Jesus, you know? So, and when it's all over, he comes back and he calls me a man of war. He's like, good job, man of war. And, and I'm like, when was I at war? <laughs> I'm just, and he's like, oh, it's the praise thing that you did. I just translated it for you. It looks like this to me. Do you know what I mean? So it's good. So now it does, however, I will say this. It does make me nervous that warfare could become the reason that we praise, but that can never be. That's just a wonderful side benefit. The reason that we honor Jesus is because he's worthy. That's it. He's worthy, right? He is worthy. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. The entire basis of praise is who he is. It's who he is to us, not what he does for us. He just does it because he's that good. So here's this phrase, sing a new song to the Lord. I love new songs. I love songs from Rick Pino and Bethel and all those places. Love it. I love those songs. This is not actually what he's talking about, like me coming up here and singing a new song to you guys that way, uh, writing songs. He's talking more about a spontaneous response to him, that song, spontaneous response to the Lord, okay? In Ephesians, Paul talks about singing, making melody to the Lord, and he uses the phrase psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? You've heard that? Psalms are simple. It's just scripture songs. Scripture, that's we're singing scripture, right? Hymns are songs that we write. They could be 100 years old or five minutes old. It's just the songs that we write. They're hymns, right? Um, They could be written today. Uh, They could be written by Charles Wesley. Anybody know John and Charles Wesley, right? Amazing. And uh, amazing leaders and revivalists, in my opinion. Uh, Just real fathers in the faith. Um, Charles Wesley wrote, I don't know how many thousands of songs, just crazy songs. Those are all hymns. He wrote them, though, for people to sing truth. That's what he did. That's why we write hymns, so people can sing truth, okay? Um, my, one of my heroes, Bill Johnson, he asked his worship team, he said, what do you want the church to look like in 10 years? What do you want it to look like? And then he told them, write songs about it now, and we'll sing our way to it. And so I want to challenge you. What do you want Tip City to look like 10 years from now? Begin to sing the song and sing our way into it. Begin to sing our way into it, Okay. Worship team, challenge to you. When you're writing, what do you want the church, the bride, to look like in 10 years? Let's write about it now. Let's sing about it. Let's sing our way into it. Mm. Something happens when we capture the heart of God in a song. Spiritual songs, they're the spontaneous. We don't sing them to be recorded. I don't sing them to show my mom how awesome I am. Like, I don't, like, hey, check me out. I'm sweet. No, those songs, those songs are for an audience of one. The spiritual, the spiritual songs are the spontaneous song, and they're for the audience of one. It's honest. It's raw. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to carry a tune. You don't have to be on pitch. God, it, it's beautiful to him. You know, I want, I want to tell you this. God loves the way you sing. Your neighbor might not, but God loves the way that you sing. Okay? So he does. It's beautiful to him. All right? It's for the audience of one, so it doesn't matter. 
It's either a spontaneous praise song to him, which can include intercessory prayer. If you look in scripture, all through intercessory prayer looks like songs. Or it's what we refer to in the scripture as the song of the Lord. When we say the song of the Lord, it's literally what God himself is singing over us in the moment. That's a spontaneous song. Have you ever heard someone just prophesy and the whole room change? Like just singing out a prophecy and the whole room just, boom, change. Anybody ever been a part of that? When you, that happens, you're, it's literally, that's what prophecy is. This is what heaven looks like. This is what heaven's doing, and I'm releasing it. We're joining in with what Papa's already singing, okay? All right. So the reason I mentioned the spontaneous song is, it's, is because of this. We all, I don't know about you, but I could probably say everybody in this room wants to grow in their sensitivity with Holy Spirit. Is that a safe assessment? Everybody wants to grow with in, in their increased sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. To be able to be ready to partner with him in whatever he's doing. I want to sense the heart of God in every situation. I do. I don't know about you, but I want to sense his heart in every situation. I just want, when he barely moves and the, when the wind moves, I want to be like, oh, Daddy, what are you doing? Let's go. I don't want to have to get whacked over the head with a two-by-four, okay? I don't want to portray God like that, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's like, boy, wake up. He's had to do that before. But just it was very lovingly and filled with hope. I'll say that, Okay. <laughs> I'll say that. So, um, so anyway, so um, the reason I mention it is that we want to grow. We want to grow with him. We want to grow in moving in the spirit. There's a couple ways we can do that. I just want to give you a couple things here. I know we're getting down on time, I think. Yeah, oh, got some time. Um, one of the ways that I feel like we can grow in awareness of, of his presence and, and what he's doing and sensitivity to the spirit is pray in tongues. Pray a lot. Pray a whole lot. Paul said he prayed all the time. Paul was going through all kinds of stuff. And what did he do? Prayed all the time. He just prayed all the time. Paul, um, the word he used um, there when he says, I prayed all the time, it literally means I prayed more than all of you. That's what it means. I prayed all, uh, more than all of you. It's learning to stay connected to Holy Spirit. It's not some weird thing, you know, people are like praying. Praying in tongues is super weird, man. You know, like, what? what's going on with that? I don't understand it. That's okay. That's the point. It's not something that takes over our body. It's, it's the willful use of a prayer language, of a gift from God. That's what it is. You don't have to ask him. By, or all you have to do is ask him, by the way. It's really, he's really generous with this gift. Um, just don't sweat real hard to get it. I promise he'll give it to you. He's amazing. So praying in the Spirit is a huge part of our life because it's the one gift that's for us. I think we forget that sometimes. It's the one gift. Like all the other gifts of the Spirit are for for us to give to everybody else around us to change the atmosphere. You don't you understand what I mean? Like, I prophesy for you, but I pray in tongues for me. It's the one for me. So, um, and if you have any questions on praying in tongues that you're like, it's hard for you or whatever, just I'll direct you to Pastor Aaron. So, <clears throat> <laughs> just kidding, man. <laughs> uh, no, but. Um, praying in the Spirit, it strengthens and edifies us. That's what it does. It connects me to the spontaneous because it bypasses my understanding. Does that make sense? I, I don't really know what I'm praying for. I mean, I, I begin to start picking up on things and God moving in my heart and I start discerning things, but really it's just God training me in the spontaneous. It, it really is. It's not so that we avoid reason. I'll say this. It's not to avoid understanding or intellect. I think that that is vital. We need to understand things. But it doesn't do me a whole lot of good to have great understanding and not be able to move with the Lord. 
and not be able to hear his voice and not be able to be moved with his presence in the spirit of God. Does that make sense? Okay. So the spontaneous song we're talking about. But how many love to sing, by the way? Anybody love to sing out there? Oh, okay. Decent amount. Why aren't you on the worship team? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Condemnation. No, just kidding. So <laughs> you're just... The spontaneous song, it comes out when you're just driving down the street, when you're in your living room, you're singing out in whatever season that you're in. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe it's a crisis. Maybe you got a bad doctor's report. Maybe at work they told you you're going to get laid off. You don't sing the bad report. You sing the solution to the report. You sing the solution in the middle of the season. So I have this story I'll share with you really quick. I'll try to make it fast. I'm a long storyteller. Um... So my grandparents were a huge um, just influence in my life. And my grandmother, um, one time I woke up, I would go to her house every weekend all summer long and, and during the summer every day if I could because they lived on a farm and we had 25 acres of woods and we just left in the morning and came back in the afternoon just covered in poison ivy and stuff. It was great. We just, you know, we just did awesome stuff and just swam in the creek and it was fun. So... Um, so I got up one morning, because uh, it was a Saturday, and every morning she always had breakfast ready. I don't know how she knew, like, when I was going to wake up, because she, breakfast would be, like, at the table, like, full-on spread. Yeah, I was a blessed man, blessed young man. And uh, Grandma, I woke up this one morning, my brother was there with me, and we walked into the kitchen, and nothing was made. And there was no breakfast on, nothing was happening, other than my grandma was sitting in, in the um, kitchen, she'd pulled dining room table out or chair out from under the table and was sitting there and she was just worshiping she was praising like praising her guts out like Jesus you're so good you know she was saying things like his names like you're my provider you're my healer you know just declaring truth praising the Lord tears running down her face and so I'm like 10 I'm like super scared I'm like what's going on grandma never cries she's amazing so um I just didn't know what to say so I walked up to her and said grandma are you okay She's like, oh, yeah, honey, Grandma just got some, some bad news this morning. And, and I said, well, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just praising Jesus. And she began to expand, explain to me that your victory comes through praising the Lord. And I was like, well, I, I noticed that she was sitting in a chair, and there was another chair sitting across from her facing her, and there's no one in it. And I just said, well, what's the other chair? She goes, she wipes her tears. Oh, honey, that's just where I, I pulled a, a chair up for the devil so he could sit and watch me praise. <laughs> right? So I was 10, I was like, okay, like whatever, you know, like, wee, where's my biscuits? And so, but when I got older, I realized I'm like, wow. And I, I began to think on that moment, and I began to think, uh, that wrecked me. That wrecked me that she had gotten this horrible news, and her, she made the choice to praise the Lord and make the enemy watch. Because there's nothing he could do, because he's already been defeated. He's already been defeated, Right? So in the middle of whatever the enemy has intended for evil, we got to say this. I'm going to take that, and I'm going to use it as fuel to exalt him in his greatness. There's not one problem I'm facing in my life or could ever face that he's not already, already paid for, already purchased the solution for. I don't come to God begging for breakthrough as though I needed to do something because he's already done something. All I'm doing is aligning or like conditioning my heart conditioning my heart to receive what he's already purchased and put in my account. Does that make sense? Okay. 
I know I've been up here a while. I will wrap it up soon. That's my first ending. I get three, right? Okay, so. (laughs) Singing the new song is huge. I love this portion of scripture because it's easy to miss the context. So if you back up, if you back up into Isaiah 41, and you look at these previous chapters, Israel's in a mess again. They're worshiping idols one day. They're worshiping God the next day. They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I like to call it, they've been cloaked in a spirit of stupid. So that's what they were doing all the way up through, right? They're doing this thing. In chapter 41, though, the cry, if you read through, is basically, God, please do a new thing. We need something new. How many of you want God to do something new? Come on. He's basically just saying, please do a new thing, right? So here, in the first part of chapter 42, the Lord sends the Messiah, the answer with breakthrough, if you read it. Um, he's opening blind eyes, and he comes with the Spirit of God. So Jesus comes with the mantle of breakthrough early in chapter 42. So then the Lord stands before the people and says, okay, the old things, this is like right before we, the scripture we read in, in 10 through 13, like right before in 9, he says, um, he stands before the people and he says, all right, the old things are over, the new things begin. The very next phrase is, sing a new song. Hmm. So I was like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? You know, the old things are over. The new day begins. Sing a new song. So, obviously, the new song rings the new day. So, when you're stuck on, like, you feel like you're stuck in that chapter of your life and you can't move on, start singing what the next chapter is going to look like. Watch God bring the new day. These are so important in our lives. You know, it's not hard to be, to write an amazing song after I've won the lottery or won the Super Bowl or met the person of my dreams. It's not hard. It's not hard to write an amazing song. It's not because I'm like, yay, Jesus, I'm rich. You know, so we're just, it's, but it's these moments when it feels hopeless, when disappointment creeps in. That's when we have to say, no, God, you're good. You've already won the battle. Jesus, you are my victory. Papa, you're my man of war. I don't have to do anything but just love on you. And you get to do all the rest. And you just get to be able to give it over to him. The new songs need to be sung. They need to be written. Sit in your living room and sing them. Maybe alone, but sit and sing them in your living room. This, you know, it's different. Israel was coming through hell, and the Lord said, okay, the past is over. It begins sing a new song. In Psalms 40, it says this, sing a new song to the Lord. The very next phrase says, the earth will fear the Lord. So sing a new song to the Lord. The earth will fear the Lord. Okay, what the heck? What the heck? Okay, Jesus, what's that? So I interpret it as sing a new song, and a whole bunch of people will get saved. So then I thought, what's that look like? And I felt like the Lord was saying, it's not filling a stadium with 100,000 people and worshiping and having me get up there and sing a new song to everyone, and then they'll get saved. That's not what it's saying. It's not the worship team singing a prophetic song on Sunday morning and the people getting saved, although that's valuable, and we want that. We need that. What this is referring to is lifestyle. He's talking about in the living room, in your bathroom, driving in your car. It's the song that nobody hears. But what's happening when you sing it? What's what's the response to verse 10? The Lord stirs himself up as a man of war. You're driving down the street. You get hit with this fear thing, right? You got a doctor's report. Uh, or some issue at work. Maybe you're getting laid off, like I said. Instead of yielding to fear, you take the stuff that's been thrown at you. 
and you use it as fuel, and it becomes the lyrics of a song. You begin to sing the new song, and it actually brings about the new day. Why does it bring about the new day? Because God himself starts stirring himself up as a man of war, and he comes and destroys the powers that have been set against you for your destruction. That's why things change. Now, how does it affect your neighbor? We talked about the fear of the Lord, right? People will get saved. How does it affect your neighborhood? How does it affect your city? How does it affect the nation? It's easy. The Lord, when we begin to sing the new song, the Lord wreaks havoc on the powers of darkness that have influence over the thought life of the community. Picture this. As we, are, as, we as a people of God, spread, uh, spread continually all through the community, like we're all through Tip City, all through the community, right? All throughout the day, we're lifting up a new song, the spontaneous song. God, we give you thanks. God, we give you thanks that you're turning our city into a great city of prosperity. We bless you, God, for what you're doing. We praise you that unemployment is a thing of the past and that you bring abundance. Father, we thank you that heroin addiction is vanquished out of our city. We thank you, God, that you bring healing and that Tip City is a cancer-free zone. What, if that, what happens when we begin to do that as a community? What happens? The Lord starts wreaking havoc on the powers of the air that had influence over thought life. Now what happens? The people around you start to have clear thoughts for the first day, for the first time in their life. And then it becomes obvious. This is why people turn to the Lord. It's obvious. The one who gave himself for me is the only one that has the right to rule my life. Does that make sense? Did you guys follow me on that? So it's so good. It's so good. I just want to share a quick testimony, and then we'll wrap it up, um, about Landon. So when Landon was really young, we uh, were at church. I think he was six months old, maybe six months old. And um, I was holding him at church during worship. I was standing down, and I wasn't on the stage that day. Actually, I don't even know if I was on the worship team at that time. It's a long time ago. And I was worshiping, but I was holding him. And as I'm holding him six months old, he does this really weird thing. And he gets rigid, and he starts, like, almost having a fit or a seizure. And it totally freaked me out, of course. Like, I'm just like, what in the world? Lord, I don't know. What are we going to do? And so he goes rigid for, I don't know, about 30 seconds, and then he was fine, and it totally scared me. But I told Jenny, but we didn't think much of it. We didn't know what it was, what happened. And then a week later or so, it happened again, and it was longer, and we got really scared. And so we took him to the doctor. And so um, we're at the doctor. We're not knowing what to do. I'm literally, like, cloaked in fear at this point. My son, I don't know what to do. I mean, has anybody ever been there? Like, you just don't know what to do. You're just cloaked in fear. And... We take him to the doctor, and the doctor's like, you're describing some kind of an epileptic seizure, like something going on. We need to take him to a specialist. Okay. So we take him to a specialist. The doctor's 100% sure. He's like, yeah, this is absolutely, I've seen this before. This is what it is. Let's go have, what's it called? EEG. That's what it's called, the test. I'm sorry. Thanks. Yes, wife. So EEG, we go take him to have this EEG done, and he's... It was horrible. He's just a little baby, and he's got all these things, and like little stuff all over him, and he's crying. And, and um, leading up to it, you know, we're just, <laughs> we're just really, really distraught. We didn't know what to do. And we're praying, and we're declaring sp- scripture, but we didn't have peace. We just didn't have peace. And um, I actually didn't go back. Only one of us could go back with Landon, so Jenny went. She wanted to go, and so I stayed out. And this amazing thing happened. This amazing thing happened. Landon goes back with Jenny, and I'm sitting in the waiting area. And all of a sudden, I just told the Lord, I just said, you know what, God, I don't need to understand what's going on. I just need you. 
I just need you to come. And in that moment like that, peace came and filled my heart. In the moment, bam, right there. And I began to, in the waiting room, sing a song in the waiting room. Just like out of my heart, like, God, you're good, and I trust you. I trust you with my son. I know you have my son. It was a terrible song, but it was exactly what I needed to sing. And so I'm trying to sing in the waiting room like, because there's like 40 other people in this big area, right? I'm like, Jesus, you're so good. So I'm singing, and like I just knew that we had the victory. I just knew whatever had happened to Landon, that God was taking care of it, that he was taking care of it. Fast forward, we come out, they bring the results to us, and the doctor says, I don't really understand this because our testing can tell us if you've ever had a seizure in your life, and your son has never had a seizure in his life. He's never had it. There's so, and I, I heard the Lord say, I rewrote Landon's history. And I, and I was just like. And so I learned a couple things. Obviously, singing, singing and, and declaring praise, even in the midst of like turmoil, God will move, right? I learned that. I learned number two, that peace comes in when I give up my right to understand. When I give up my demand to understand what's going on, the Prince of Peace can reign in my life. Because peace that passes all understanding literally combats your mind. So I have to say, I don't need to understand. I don't need to have, I don't need to have a grid for something because I have a person to walk with. Does that make sense? I don't need to have a grid because I get to walk with Jesus. I have relationship, and he's good. So God healed my son, which is amazing. And I was crying about that earlier today during worship. And it's like, all my life you have been faithful. Gosh. Come on. Let's just stand. Let's just stand. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am thankful. I will sing of the goodness of God. Come on. Nothing more fitting than what I was going to talk about today. How many of you know you don't need an explanation or a reason when you have a person? There's something, there's something really, something about facing difficulty and not losing your peace that really annoys the devil too, by the way. It really just annoys him. I really love annoying the devil. <laughs> so just remember when things happen that you don't have a grid for, remember you don't need a grid because you have a person. There's something about becoming a people that does life like this. In every situation, I will give him thanks. I will give him praise. I will take the weapons used against me, just like David took Goliath's sword, and I'll chop the head of the enemy off. Does that make sense, everybody? I want you to declare this with me. I'm a singer of new songs. Come on, say it again. I'm a singer of new songs. One more time. I'm a singer of new songs. Papa God, let's just pray. Papa, we just thank you. We thank you. We'll choose to take the information that comes our way, God, and we'll choose to give it as an offering to celebrate you and declare your greatness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that the only thing that that verse said that was my job is to give you praise. And so we'll give you praise. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that sometimes we fight, but sometimes we get to rest and watch you do it. We get to rest in you, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. You're so good. If there's a desperate situation that you're facing, 
Just begin to sing right now of his goodness. Just begin to sing it. Go ahead, Amy. I'm going to sing Come on. of the goodness of God all my life.